Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. I've never sang that before. Maybe that's a sign that this will be a good episode, but probably isn't. <sighs> Something I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million doll hairs. Doll hairs? No. Dollars? No. Both ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes. Because those are good for podcasts when those things happen. Uh, spoiler warning. Yeah, should give one of those at the top of every show as I always do. This is not a 100% guaranteed chance of spoilers, but just in case, I have warned of them. Without further ado, maybe a little more ado. Mm, no, no, we're done. No more ado. I'm going to push a button that will get us started like this button Ladies does. Uh, let's get ready to rough you some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Anti-Protrusional Nipple Warmers. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, we have Urge. <sighs> uh, this came out in 2016, and I see IMDb gives it a 4.1, which I don't think is fair. Uh, Rating-wise, right off the bat, because, as I have mentioned once or twice, uh, I like to give my ratings when I remember to do so. Otherwise, I will forget sometimes. Uh, I'm going to go on my scale, which is a five-point scale, three being enjoyed while watching but wouldn't watch again, a three this movie gets. Yeah, I had some enjoyment. Uh, it's an interesting idea. I like a tale of... A sort of a, a night, or I guess more accurately, in this case, a series of nights where things sort of go shitty, go awry. I believe a term you could use to describe this. <clears throat> like your very bad things uh, is probably maybe the, the the best example. I don't know, question mark at the end of that sentence. Um, this and a sort of similar thing, a group of people, men and women in this case, uh, go partying. Uh, one of them is super rich, maybe all of them are rich, one of them is paying for it, seemingly, and uh, they, the sort of trouble they get into is they go to this crazy club where people are taking this drug called Urge, and the one rule of the drug called Urge is you can only do it once. Dumb. <laughs> What's the point? If you're a drug dealer... The reason you're into dealing drugs is because people come back and want more. It's built right into the drug. It is the purpose of drugs. 
So uh, if you're going to be a drug dealer, probably the drug of choice for you to sell will not be one where your customers are only allowed to do it once. Dumb. Yeah, I've just realized how dumb that is. Uh, that being said, everyone breaks this rule, so <laughs> whatever. Uh, what it does is sort of makes you succumb to your baser urges. Kind of turns people crazy. Not kind of, literally turns people crazy. Uh, there's sort of an underlying weird conspiracy story thing as well. I, I don't know. Uh, it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting idea executed okayly. Moving on to a better movie, War Dogs, uh, based on a true story, which quite often is not as interesting to me. Uh, that being said, rating-wise, I think I'll go a solid four, maybe even some five out of five moments uh, during the course of the film, based on the true story of two young men, David and Ephraim, who won a $300 million contract from the Pentagon to arm American allies in Afghanistan. Uh, the, 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 some, some true stories, uh, and I think this is why I'm giving it higher marks than other true story movies I've watched in the past, are just so incredible that they actually happened that you got to shake your head. Uh, sure, they're going to take some elements and uh, make them bigger than what happened in real life, but the underlying truth of this movie uh, is the sort of shocking thing I learned that is, I guess, called common knowledge, and that is that public people can and did and still do, question mark, uh, bid on military contracts. <laughs> like, you would think that it was specific companies or even the government itself, but no, it's it, it could be, like this case, private individuals who end up selling $300 million of guns and explosives and bullets and such uh, that they get in apparently sometimes uh, nefarious ways. Uh, I see that this is billed by IMD as a comedy crime drama, which I think is accurate. And perhaps that's where some of my uh, higher love and believability comes in. I, I like to mention this when it does come up. Uh, if you have a movie like this based on a true story and make it 100% serious 100% of the time, that to me is going to take away all of the believability. you got to have those little tinges of comedy because that's what life is. It's not just one or the other. you got to have it both. Uh, stars uh, Miles Teller, who you may recognize. Oh, no, wait. Yeah. And uh, Jonah Hill, who you will also recognize. No doubt. No diggity. Uh, he made, uh, since you're here, we're out of time and I still have movies to talk about. I'm going to sort of try to wrap this up. Uh, Jonah Hill, I don't know if he got this from the actual person he was portraying or just made a sort of uh, actory choice. Uh, but he made the guy have this really crazy... Uh, laugh. So whenever the guy laughed, it was like, <laughs> that's maybe exaggerating and not accurate, but it was kind of close to that. And every time he laughed in the movie, it made me laugh. So for that uh, uh, actory choice, I think, 
Uh, I salute you, Jonah Hill. Uh, next we have 47 Ronin. Oh, this is an action-adventure drama, according to Imbda. A band of samurai set out to avenge the death and dishonor of their master at the hands of a ruthless shogun. Starring, of course, because we're talking uh, feudal Japan, starring Keanu Reeves. Huh? Yeah, uh... The movie was okay. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I like this kind of movie. They could have made this movie way better by not doing that let's get a white guy involved to be the star thing. Granted, that probably got it more uh, eyes, at least from the Western world, than it would have otherwise, but kind of sad. Like, uh, what was the one I just reviewed not too long ago? The one with the Monkey King. Something Monkey King. Uh, That movie, way better than this movie. I think I gave that a 5 out of 5. This, I'm going to go like a 2.5. You know what? A convoluted rating. This movie, like, I'd probably give it a three, but realizing how much better this could have been done by sort of Japanese people, uh, if this was a made in Japan movie, it would have been so much better. So that's getting that extra 0.5 off. Uh, Encounters at the End of the World. This was interesting. The first. Werner Herzog documentary I do believe I have ever experienced and it is an experience him narrating uh, is fascinating, horrifying uh, He, if you don't know anything of Werner Herzog do yourself a favor and I bet you, I haven't done this but I bet if you were to look at his Wikipedia page you'd find some fucking crazy shit, he's just a very interesting just period dude uh this is a movie he made about uh, antarctica and that could potentially be boring but his sort of point of view of it takes a subject that has a potential to be not interesting and sort of you're going to look at antarctic from a different point of view after watching this uh, and it may not necessarily be a good one there's there's some darkness in him that comes through in this, no doubt. Rating-wise, I'll go four. Yeah, four is good. Uh, last but not least is Ice Harvest, which uh, we'll talk about later. Oh, tease, what? How is that going to work? Today's Television Talk sponsor is Weird Parts Genital Reconstruction Clinic. Thank you for that. Item the first, Weird Science, Season 5. Yeah, uh, I talked Weird Science on a previous episode, uh, and then I sort of just recently wrapped it up uh, and hadn't planned on talking about it. But Season 5 was, and maybe a little bit of 4 as well, was quite a bit different. Um, Sort of a... Perhaps, uh, and a show that has a magic genie, for me to say what I'm about to say is, is yeah, it, it got a little shark jumpy <laughs> towards the end, which is a weird thing to say. They tried to, for some reason, 
and it's just speechless-ish. I'm not speechless because this is a podcast, and then that would be boring. But almost speechless in the sense that what they tried to do was to develop a romantic relationship between uh, the genie, Lisa, and Chet, the annoying uh, guy do bro douchebag older brother. Uh, I, how? Why? What? Who? Where? When? All, all the questions. How, who thought that was a good idea? It wasn't. <laughs> it, it didn't make any sense. Um, it didn't add anything. It took away a lot. Uh, like, they did make it at one point where he sort of realized that uh, his brother had a genie, which uh, I understood that decision. That that did sort of make sense. But the love interest thing between the two of them, oy, oy vey, you might say. So I just wanted to bring it back and mention here, because I talk of television in the television talk segment. So, hey, there. Uh, okay, so uh, we have another item. This is a double television talk. Uh, we're going to talk Anthony Bourdain, colon, Parts Unknown. Yes. I love uh, Anthony Bourdain, just sort of period, full stop. He can do no wrong when it comes to travel, documentary, eating, television, seemingly. So... <clears throat> Uh, the missus and I have been watching it on the regs now. Um, I think he's into the seventh season of it, which is pretty goddamn impressive. And I think the missus and I are sort of in between five and six, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, we watched it in the past, or I watched it in the past. Um, this is a sort of perfect couple show as well. Uh, and this, this has come up from time to time. There's shows that I watch that the missus wouldn't watch in a million years. There's the shows that the missus watch that are horrible and will melt your brain and nobody should watch ever, including her, Real Housewives, I'm looking at you. Uh, and then there's shows that we watch together, this being one of them. Uh, so when you take someone who has a love of, I don't know, like weird science, that's a good example, and someone who has a love of uh, Real Housewives, how do you find a show that the two of those people can watch together and both enjoy. Uh, and it usually, a lot of the time it has to do with food, which is interesting. Food networky stuff. Or uh, A&E, mountain men, traveling stuff. Uh, yeah, I wonder if anyone can pinpoint what these shows have that are sort of... One thing I've used to describe them is middle of the road, which is not really fair in some regards. Like, this is incredible TV, uh, no, no matter who you are, I think. But then it's not something that's going to offend anyone either, really. Although maybe he can be offensive to some people. I know he's a little uh, a grouchy, a bit of a grouchy Gus. <clears throat> Uh, needless to say, though, giving that a 5 out of 5. Oh, and if I didn't mention Weird Science uh, in general, 5 out of 5, but the last uh, season or so, maybe take a little off that. Maybe don't watch every episode. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Uh, okay, so Anthony Bourdain uh, had on one of his episodes in South Carolina, uh, Bill Murray. So... You know he's pulling some uh, pulling some serious weight these days, and uh, I recommend watching any episode, but maybe start with that one. Why don't you?
decimal system. Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is Hot Double Crossed Buns. One a penny to a trader. Uh, okay, so we're talking Ice Harvest. What? By Scott Phillips. Wait a second, Jordan. That's me. Didn't you say Ice Harvest in movie monologue? Yes, yes I did. Because what I did, and have done from time to time, is watch the movie and read the book. Hey, what was better? The book, you fucking idiot. Uh, you know what? I didn't give a rating of the movie. Uh, I think it was maybe my third viewing and I very much enjoy it. It is a Christmas movie technically. It takes place on Christmas. Uh, um, solid four. Some five moments. Very much enjoy it. Uh, the book you know what? Gonna go ahead and go the same. Yeah. Very much enjoyed it. Uh, probably closer to a five even. You might say. Uh, specifically with regards to the ending. Okay so this will be a spoiler for both movie and book. Mm. And this is one of my very rare spoiler warnings, despite already warning of spoilers. Uh, and I'm doing that because I want to talk about the ending. Uh, because that is the main difference between the book and the movie that will also uh, demonstrate some of the smaller differences of the book and the movie. So uh, at, at the end of the book, uh, the main character, who's sort of a mobstery guy, uh, almost has a feel of a mobster accountant is how he always felt to me. Uh, he has robbed from his uh, mobster overseers and is fleeing with the goods. Uh, there's a bunch of people who don't like this. There's some people who do like it because they were in on it with him. Uh, there's crosses and double crosses. All sorts of crazy shit happens. But at the very, very end, he's sort of uh, leaving town. He's escaped. He's sort of taken a sigh of relief. And uh, he, let me just boil it down and say, he gets run over and is killed. <laughs> yeah, if I want to boil it down, that, that, that's what happens. He, he's hit by a, a motorhome or, a, a, yeah, basically hit by a motorhome uh, and dies. The end. Uh, which I fucking love. I love an ending you didn't see coming. I love a dark ending. And I love a dark ending usually because you don't often see the dark ending coming. And the movie... He is uh, hit by that same motorhome, just not very hard, it knocks him over, and then he gets back up. So, that's the problem with book versus movie. Uh, quite often is, uh, quote-unquote, Hollywood, will take uh, this, this, the, this stuff from a book that's very, very dark and bad things happen, as they do in real life. Uh, and then sort of blunt the edges a little bit. So uh, for that reason, uh, the book will often be better than the movie, as it is in this case. Uh, it takes place during Christmas, as I said. Uh, this guy is sort of... Some of it kind of doesn't make sense. Like, he and his partner have the money um, and can seemingly, since they have the money, just leave. But instead... And I never really understood the reason why. Maybe there is a reason. Uh, they sort of have to hang around this town in which this is taking place. And they sort of travel around. They meet various people. You're in strip clubs. You're in rub and tugs. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. You're in bars. 
<laughs> there's a, a, a super, super drunk guy who both in the book and the movie was a lot of the comic relief. Oh, I, I should mention, uh, as I have in this episode, uh, what were we talking? War Dogs. Uh, this does what I love to make it more believable. It's got the serious, dark, gritty shit, and then a lot of the comedy in this. Uh, laughed many times during the movie, and, well, the, the thing about comedy in books, and, uh, you know, uh, audience participation time, let me know if you're the same as me, I don't find myself very often laughing out loud. Like, I'll kind of do that thing you do with your nose, like, like, slightly more air goes out, like that. Anyways, uh, recommend this book, the end. Today's game, Gabin, sponsor is Bullet Soup. Item the first, Awkward Dimensions Redux. Which leads me to believe there was a Awkward Dimensions, and this is the reduxed version. But, because this is a super crazy, trippy, indie, crazy game... I said crazy twice, I know. Um, maybe they just named it that, but there wasn't actually a first one. I don't know. A professional would perhaps research that. What I do is just have the word Awkward Dimension Redux written in my notes, and then a vague memory of playing it. So unprofessional. Uh, for example, further unprofessionality mm -hmm, is I'm going to give my review of this game, which is a... Uh, two and a half to three-ish. It was okay. It was weird, which I like. Was it too weird? Can it be too weird? I don't know. I like weird so much, but I, I guess maybe there's a line. It's hard to say. Uh, you're playing a guy or a girl who's sort of going around these sort of surreal, strange environments um, various crazy things are happening within each environment. You're at its core, I guess, searching for a door to proceed to the next crazy environment. Uh, I, I sort of climbed giant towers. I, uh, tread along beaches. Uh, I got lost in areas. Uh, something this did that was interesting in some regards, and at the very least meant that I played through the whole thing, technically, is that at any point you can pause the game and say, skip to the next level, and you will then skip to the next level. Uh, <laughs> I did have to do that, I think, twice. Uh, once because it was in, like, a dark, pitch-black room full of doors, and every time you would go up to a door, it would make a sound, and I kept thinking something scary was going to pop out, and I don't like scary games. And the noise was super annoying. <laughs> uh, and I just kept wandering and forever and ever. Presumably, at some point, I would come up to a door that was making a different sound, and then I could go through it. So uh, I skipped that one at one point. And there was another one where it was like a just like a maze, uh, ups and downs and such. Uh, so, sort of everything was sort of monochromatic. And uh, I think 
sort of on that note that the graphics of this game lead me to believe that this was made for VR, virtual reality, if you prefer. Um, that, that's just a thought. So uh, it's interesting and uh, very arty feeling, artsy, you might say. It's okay. It's okay. Moving on to a game that I'd had much more fun with. And that being said, maybe it wasn't meant to be fun exactly. More a sort of thought experiment. Awkward dimensions. Anyways, uh, back to a, a sort of a real game game. A fun game game. Uh, enter the Gungeon. The Gungeon. It's like a dungeon, but with guns is how the meeting went to name this friggin' thing, no doubt. Yeah, uh, so it's a, uh, what do they call it, a roguelike, which the definition of that is, I don't know. You go into a place, you kill stuff, if you die, you gotta start again. Uh, I suppose that's the the dictionary definition, even though that's not probably not in a dictionary yet. Anyways, uh, uh, I've played these styles of games before, I quite often have fun playing them. This is no exception, because it has a bit of a sense of humor. Uh, for example, this... The first, and in fact many of the bad guys that you're going to be facing, are bullets. Bullets who have guns. The guns are shooting bullets at you. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, you got your dragons, uh, dragon fight, uh, you got boss fights, you got looking for keys, you got shopkeepers to upgrade your stuff, who you do not want to piss off, I will mention. Uh, you're finding new guns. So many guns. This is getting on sort of Borderlands level of the amount of guns you can find. Uh, Rating-wise for uh, Enter the Gungeon, I'd go a solid four with definitely some five moments as well. Some some cool boss moments. Sometimes where I laughed when I uh, saw what my guns were doing. Like, what was the one who was shooting letters? What was it saying, like, rat tat 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 Or, like, gun noise, gun noise, gun noise. I, I don't know what it was doing, exactly. Uh, there was one that would shoot clay pots. Uh, this is all sort of uh, top-down perspective, uh, pixelated art. Uh, but I enjoyed it, and I think this was a very, very popular game, so there'll probably be more, uh, which makes me smile. Mm-hmm. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is 90s Long Butt Long Johns. Thank you for that. Okay, uh, let's start off with Poppy. Like, follow, subscribe. Numbers give my life meaning. I feel validated by your views. Happiness is a warm comment. Retweet. If we have a like button, why don't we have a love button? So many subscribers, so little time. 
I'm uploading a video to YouTube. Okay, well, if you felt like you have just taken a, a slow, or perhaps fast, because it was only 40 seconds long, uh, descent into madness, you will know a little bit about the, the whatever it is that is Poppy. Uh, it's a thing that I sort of just came across. Uh, I forget how, I forget why. But uh, it's this girl on the internet where she does things like that. And then people, like myself, I now suppose, uh, will discuss it and why it exists and what it means. Uh, I gotta say, even after watching many of those videos, I don't know. But I wanted to share it with you because my thought is there is something about it. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is, but like I want to watch more. And I want to talk to an expert in subliminal messaging because I feel like there's something going on in my brain that when I watch one of those or when I hear her voice uh, it's not normal what is happening and I want to watch more so I don't know man I don't know about Poppy at all but I have talked about it thus passing on the virus that is Poppy Moving on to Loot and Dong, that's L-U with the two little dots over it, and Dong standing for Do Online Now, guys. These are two phenomenon uh, that used to appear on various Vsauce channels. Now, what are all those words mean? Jesus Christ. Uh, so there's a, a three YouTube channels, Vsauce, Vsauce 2, Vsauce 3. Uh, they would all sort of have these things where, uh, that they have now split off to a separate channel. And I feel like they didn't goddamn well tell me. Uh, and now they're all on one channel. Uh, do dongs, do online now guys, are just a collection of cool things. Say like a three to five minute video, things from the internet. So similar to this, uh, internet intercourse. I try to bring cool things back from the internet, and that's what they do as well. So this is a little meta. I'm, I'm bringing back something from the internet that talks about things from the internet. Jesus, we're going deep here. Uh, and then loot is just cool things you can buy, uh, usually of a nerdy variety. So uh, I recommend you check both of those out, and Vsauce in general. Uh, next, moving on to Funhouse Drunk Silk Stockings Podcast, Talking Stockings. Jesus, <laughs> we got some fucking crazy shit this time. Uh, Funhouse, I've talked of so many times on this. Uh, whenever I do, I like to bring up the fact that I think of the YouTube channels I subscribe to, uh, I think they are the only ones where I actually watch every single thing that they post, which uh, which is rare for a YouTube channel. Normally it's sort of hit and miss. I'll, I'll watch the ones that look good and then leave the others. Whereas these guys, uh, everything they make is gold, including <laughs> this fucking thing where uh, they got drunk as they do from time to time and then put on an episode of a television program called Silk Stockings, which uh, I had never heard of other than a punchline to jokes about 
crazy uh, Skinamax type things from the 80s? Or was it from the 90s? Yeah, from the 90s. Uh, maybe we didn't have it up here in Canada. But it's like a... Oh, jeez, how would you even describe it? At least from what I saw from this drunken, incoherent, what-the-fuck-is-going-on podcast uh, that I loved, that I loved. Uh, it's, it's like Miami Vice meets uh, uh, softcore porn meets CSI meets the 90s. I don't know what it is exactly, but to hear them talk about it was amusing, as is the sound of it, really. Okay, what do we have? Uh, best for last. Uh, these are two other weird things. Man, really went weird on this internet intercourse, which, the internet being what it is, you know, not too surprising, I guess. Uh, Cake Boss stares at you for one hour, and Alan Partridge gets lucky for one hour. So this is a phenomenon that exists on the internet, specifically, I guess, YouTube, where people will post things that are short, uh, but then they will last very long. Uh, what's the, the sort of example I uh, probably have even brought up before is uh, a Mia Khalifa twerking for one hour. <laughs> That's a good go-to. Uh, she has a video, well, probably not her, but somebody had posted a video of her twerking for one hour uh, with a song about Mia Khalifa. If you're unfamiliar with Mia Khalifa, she, well, you're in luck because she's out there, man. Uh, anyways, uh, so here's just two examples that sort of also please me. Uh, the, <laughs> the most recent one I uh, just uh, was introduced to is Cake Boss. Cake Boss, uh, who, if you are unfamiliar with the podcast Comedy Bang Bang, first off, for shame. Second of all, you lucky son of a bitch now have hundreds of quality hours of entertainment you can experience. Um, Paul F. Tompkins, a, a famous podcast person just period full stop uh plays the cake boss cake boss on the podcast and apparently they were filming he stared at the camera angrily uh that is then uh, in a loop for one hour for you to watch uh i think even more favorite is alan partridge gets lucky for one hour oh can i l let me play it for you let's see alan partridge lucky one hour I, I i've watched this for probably too much so basically you can probably hear that in the background right uh if you're unfamiliar with alan partridge uh, it's similar to comedy bang bang for shame and also hundreds of hours maybe not hundreds dozens of hours of quality entertainment what this is, is Alan Partridge, air guitar, in a trailer, on a loop, with the song you probably can hear in the background. Just dancing. <laughs> I just noticed, because I've watched this so many times, I'm now up to 33 minutes of the one hour. So, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that's a stunning realization, that in one form or the other I've put this video on YouTube and had it on long enough that I've in total not in one sitting I will add but in total I've listened to this and watched this 
for th now 34 minutes. Folks, oh, you know what? I uh, don't really know what to say about that, so I'll push a button and say, as I do at the end of every podcast, that it's nice to be nice to the nice.
This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.